Welcome to another chapter of In The Keep Podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherlode. This show is all about the world of first-person shooters, their legacies, their lineage, and the people who keep that world turning. It is the will of the drowned god, Cathala, that our communities band together to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. What is there to be said about today's guest that hasn't already been said before? I mean, Jahar, his body of work speaks for itself. Tasty Spleen is just an incredible channel that everyone who's into arena shooters should be following. I can't imagine that you're a fan of this genre and haven't already heard of Jahar. So if if this is your first time hearing from him, wow, am I honored to be bringing you the gift that is Jahar and Tasty Spleen and Rotten Rose and everyone attached to that. It's it's just such an incredible journey that he's been on. He's a guy who has just been everywhere, done everything, had a lot of amazing experiences, and just a name that is synonymous with our community and with what we do here. So I personally am very happy to uh, share this conversation with you guys. It's It was a real honor for me to get to sit down with, you know, one of my heroes and really just kind of get into it with him about a lot of cool topics. I think we we broke down a lot. So hopefully you enjoy the next hour or so. Uh, put all of your stressors in real life aside just a while. May, go go out for a walk if you can or whatever it is that you're doing. Just have a, a good positive time while you listen to this. And I, I really hope you enjoy it. Uh, the music is by Immorpher, the man behind all of the coolest dark ambient music from all of your favorite quake map packs and jams i just can't tell you enough how much i enjoy this dark ambient shit he's so cool and go follow him on his Bandcamp page but hey uh stay tuned for a couple of announcements after this interview but otherwise without any further ado let's get in the keep with jahar It's been a long time coming to have you on the show. You're like, in my opinion, probably the most obvious guest to be on in the keep. So I don't really have a good excuse other than I just wanted to wait until it, there was more people listening to the show. And I had like a body of content to say like, Hey, Jahar, I think you'd really dig this shit. It's cool. And here we are. Yeah. And, uh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really impressed with the people you've been having on, um, people like dump truck and, a lot of mappers and a lot of other people in the community. So you've actually like cast a really wide net uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, content creators and, and producers and, uh, and just competitors and, and all kinds of good shit. So, yeah, yeah I, I get the same feeling when doing something like mappers markets, like there, there's a few things that have been like on the back burner for a while. And then I think, uh, I don't want to do that yet. Uh, I want to get a few more episodes under the belt. Yeah. So, yeah. I get that impulse. So here we are, dude. Can you kind of give us just like a brief little like snippet background of how you got into arena shooters in the first place? When was the first time you played one? Every every time I get asked that, it, it ends up feeling like a little bit longer ago because it, it, it crosses some threshold, right? From being yeah. this thing that you've been doing for a few years to something you've been doing for the bulk of your adult life. And I'm certainly past that point now. <laughs> <laughs> uh but no uh, quake 2 i guess would would take the the credit for actually getting me into anything competitive when it comes to shooters I, before that i was part of a of a x-wing versus tie fighter clan which was competitive <laughs> in some respect on msn gaming zone but uh no when it when it comes to shooters like quake 2 was the one that attracted me when it comes to um you know, being able to get some maps on a server and getting people to play. So that was attractive. And it was a Quake 2 clan member who convinced me to come to QuakeCon when I was like 18. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's that's all it takes. If if anybody is out there who hasn't been to QuakeCon, well, I'm sorry about this year because it's not <laughs> happening. But um, everything changes once you actually start meeting people. 
and being in the same sweaty, dank room with them. It goes from being a hobby to being something that you are. I don't think anyone's more like a, an example of like, that's who you are than you, man. You've created a kind of a brand around yourself of like, that's the guy he's, you want to talk about arena shooters. You want to talk about it, like, watch any awesome competitive shit. Like, well, tasty spleen, Jahar, like the people that revolve around that circle right there. I mean, you're, I got, I got a chance to go to QuakeCon last year and see you do your shit. And it's like, you're, you're legit motherfucking professional at that stuff. It's like, it's like watching for me, a master painter or something, you know, just kind of go at it. And you <laughs> really like, that's how I felt. I'm like, man, he's so good at what he does. Like the facial expressions he makes when he's I'm frustrated. Really like <laughs> glad it comes off that way. Cause Quakecon is always, um, yeah. Like I said, you know, going there when I was 18, the Quakecon experience for me has changed over the years. And for a long time, you know, I would be talking to people who were older and, maybe a little bit wiser and go like, ah, oh, it sucks how, how cynical they are now. Like I never want to be like that. And <laughs> here we are. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm glad it still comes off like that because yeah, it is still really satisfying to, to get a show off. It's just, it's always such a huge challenge. It is such a chaotic environment. Um, but a lot of quake players are actually really, really helpful when it comes to keeping things calm and, and somewhat in control. So yeah, last year was actually really cool. Um, it's something I would like to see happen again uh, because it was the first time ever that there was actually like a broadcast booth in the BYLC with PA on. And even when they brought the PA speakers, I was like, what are you doing? You can't plug those in. There's no, there's no speakers in the BYLC. That's not allowed. And then I realized like, oh, oh I, okay that that's what's going to happen and i was like really nervous because you know people are sitting like right next to those speakers and i thought it was going to be a problem but no we ended up having quake world tournaments and quake 2 tournaments and quake live tournaments and uh and all kinds of good shit and it was great and uh and i didn't really get to see it from where i was sitting but I had seen videos that other people had recorded and, and there were people like, you know, sitting down in all the, the chairs and people standing further out into the penumbra of the darkness. And, uh, oh, it was, it was really cool. And nothing like that had ever really happened at QuakeCon, not in my memory, because for a long time, the, the tournament area had been kind of sequestered from the rest of, of the event. And there would be QuakeCons where, I'm in like a, a dark closet for four days and I don't see anybody else. And I, I, I certainly don't get to see the BLC. I remember there were years where I would like make a point of on Friday night, take 20 minutes before the exhibitor hall closes and go check that out. And that would be my BYLC time for the year. So th this year was a vast improvement when it, when it came to seeing people, people like you. Um, and it was a lot more connected and a lot more real. And it was a good change, and it's a pity that QuakeCon isn't happening this year. I really loved it. Like I, I was sitting right there and crisscross applesauce across from you guys, just watching y'all do your thing, and that that was like a really amazing experience for me because I really didn't understand Doom PvP before then. Like I'd always played like Quake Three and stuff like that, but I always looked at Doom PvP and thought like, eh, that's kind of fucking dumb. And then I met Devastation and yeah, talking yeah. to him and really got to understand like what he was going into. And he, you know, had me reading the Doom Bible literally while I was sitting there in between matches, <laughs> like to try to like understand what he was doing. And I watched those guys play like him and Jay Kist and just that whole crew and rolling around with the uh, Doosum and Human Bones and everybody and really kind of fell in love with the Doom community on top of yeah. just forget about the games themselves, like just amazing people and such a wide array of people that are just all hanging out together that you would never think, you know, these are the kids that would probably beat each other up in high school, but they're all the same kind of door. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that's another thing that kind of changes over time too, right? The, these goes from, from people that, you know, online to people that you kind of hang out with more outside of, of the context of a tournament. And, uh, before you know it, you know, you're having dinner in somebody's house with their family and kids and you go, how did life end up like this? But it, it's, it's cool. It's really neat and gratifying, and and especially people like Devastation. Like, yeah, if if you if you want to get excited about anything, go talk to that guy, and 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 he'll get you hyped up. He's he's great. 
He's just, like the only guy in Nova Scotia I know, but uh, he he represents well. <laughs> I think he's the only guy there. They're like, I don't think there's any other people in Nova Scotia. <laughs> the guy. It's a good thing he's a Doom player then. We got lucky. <laughs> yeah, well, that whole experience was amazing. Like the networking that you can get done at conventions like that is also just fantastic. I mean, that was amazing for me. It was just Yeah, I remember even like and, early back with like the yeah. Quake Live TV crew. Um, some of those guys I haven't spoken to in years. I, I really should reach out. Um, but, you know, we'd be wiring stuff up under a stage and and a guy who didn't know this other guy would start talking to the other guy and pretty soon you know they're talking about like oh well you should you should come by the office and blah 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 and it turns into like a job real quick and and actually um all of the professional experience in broadcasting that i got not only started at quakecom but actually um was elevated because uh, a tournament manager at quakecon got me in touch with a guy that i worked for for seven years doing broadcast and and that all funneled back into QuakeCon, of course. So, yeah, um, meet people. It's cool. <laughs> how did you and, and kind really, of, go ahead? Oh, uh, go ahead. Uh, well, how did you kind of become the guy there? Like, because you know, there's a lot of people involved in everything, and then you sort of took over that niche after a while, and it became like I don't know if there's anything really required other than than being there and and seeing what happens. I, I can't yeah. explain it any more intelligently than that. Um, and and it is always a group thing. That, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the beautiful thing about it is when it comes to online things, especially, you know, there's going to be somebody for whatever task for whatever um, minutia thing that needs to exist. There's going to be somebody who's obsessive enough about it to to get it done. So usually, if you need like a, a weird mod that does something very particular or if you need you know a wiring diagram for something very obscure somebody's mm-hmm. done it and you can find it and that's always been kind of the strength of the quake community is you know especially early on when competitive mods weren't officially supported you know orange smoothie and and you know cpm and, and open tdm and things like that uh the community would kind of um not always unanimously, but uh, kind of collaborate on what everybody agreed the rules were. And mods would get created and tournaments would come out of that and maps would support the tournaments. And, you know, no matter what your skill set was, you know, there would be something for you to do. And and the same thing applies for QuakeCon. You know, if you go just to hang out very soon, I'm pretty sure that'll turn into more than just that, as I'm sure you've, you've realized. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I, I just went like oh i guess i'm gonna go do this thing i had some friends to meet up with and it very quickly became like yeah just schmoozing the whole time like i didn't sit at my computer more than five minutes i think i think i set it up and then i let my friend borrow it and i never came back like i was just running around the whole time i don't i think it's sitting down was pretty rare for pretty much as soon as i woke up i'd sleep like four hours i'd be hungover and i'd get up and down some coffee and just (laughs) get after it again it was I think I came home and told my wife, like, that was the best damn four days of my life, I think. I just felt at home. That stings, because you said hungover, and I was like, oh, this was the year I was going to drink more. <laughs> I was going to work <laughs> less and drink more. That was, like, my plan. And then, you know, the world ends. So we're doing a lot of talk about an event that is not happening this year. <laughs> well, it's, it's a culture. It's not just an event, you know? Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. And it, it's a culture that extends from the online culture. And that's the totally unkillable thing about it. So how does one kind of become a broadcast engineer? Like what got you into that niche? Was it just a a focus on the arena shooter shit? Like I want to broadcast this stuff and then it happened for you? Or did you seek that out earlier on to any extent? Well, when it comes to the game stuff, um, I've never really been interested in things beyond what I'm interested in. You know, like I've always wanted to do Quake because Quake is interesting. Doom is interesting. The splash damage games are interesting. Um... And (laughs) hilariously enough, a lot of the games that I thought would be interesting never got so much as a spectator mode, so... Uh, But when it comes to the broadcast side of it, uh, it was Quake... Again, going back to QuakeCon, um, (laughs) 2009, I met up with Grease Scotsman and Slava and Matcom and Cymec and Fear and the rest of the, the Quake Live TV guys. 
And I was actually supposed to do some filming there for somebody else, but I couldn't find them. So they just said, hey, hang out with us. And I had been doing like a little bit of radio stuff by that point. And they said, hey, you've been doing a little bit of radio stuff, right? And I was like, uh, uh, yeah. And they're like, uh, here's a mic. Let's do a game together. And, and that was it. Um, so part of it was like kind of the technical side of it. That's kind of a bug that that bites you. But that's like 30% of it. 70% of it has to be just the fact that they were like, Hey, let's, let's do this together and let's put on a show and, and everything evolves from that. So then you end up just over time, accumulating all the tools of the trade. You got like multiple yeah, pieces. Yeah. Like said, cards. It's a, <laughs> yeah. It's a bug because you actually, yeah, the, the first capture card I got was donated by Mr. Green. I believe it was a little S video capture card. And mm-hmm. after quick on that year, we went back and we, did some demo cast from for for the Warsaw tournament there in 640 by 480 at 768 k bit um <laughs> and uh you're like ah this is cool but wouldn't this be better and as soon as you can afford the thing that would be better you get that and um that never stops <laughs> you eventually have to make rules for yourself like the next thing i buy has to be twice as expensive as the last thing i got because it needs to be like a significant enough upgrade that it's worth the money. Um, yeah, for me, it's like I should be happy. You just spend these hours, you know, re- researching like what's even fucking worth your money or worth having, or like is there a different yeah. way to do it, or is there an app that does the whole job for you that you wouldn't have to worry about? Oftentimes, it's like microphone. You're, you know, that's what it is. Even but, over the last ten years, like that stuff has gotten so much easier. It is ridiculous. Mm-hmm how much access prosumers have to really good gear now when it comes to lighting. And of course, LEDs help out a lot, a lot there when it comes to audio, um, when it comes to, you know, video capture at the time, you know, we were doing S video capture because HDMI capture cards were well into the four digits easily. Um, and then black magic came out with their $199 HDMI capture card. And that, you know, blew things up. So yeah, companies like Black Magic, um, for a while, we didn't have anything like OBS. XSplit was kind of the first on on there to be kind of at that level. But before that, um, you had Flash Media Live Encoder, which didn't do any vision mixing at all. You had Vid Blaster, which sucks and still does. Um, so yeah. Uh, the the software is a lot easier now. The hardware is more affordable. Um, it's all pretty good stuff. So, yeah, this has never been. It, there's never been a better time to get into broadcast at any level. And then you end up doing all these crazy overlays and everything. Like you've, you, you got to really consider a lot of things when it's going on. And I'm just at the tip of the iceberg, you know, trying to get into that kind of stuff. And and I wouldn't even say like pursuing it professionally or anything, but just I just wanted to try it and see what we could do with that and. You know, working with you on stuff like Take the Crown was like eye opening, you know, because I, I realize when I look at my shit and then I'm like, okay, well, we're going to pass the stream off to Jahar. And then I look at your shit. And I'm like, fuck, they should have been watching his crap the whole time. Like, <laughs> well, it's, but, it's fun, right? Because yeah. if you have something you can play with, you know, you will. Um, and I actually have another Quake guy to thank for, for a lot of this. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he was working with 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 James on some of the diabolical stuff for a while. Hugo, Hugo Martin, um, he he introduced me to VMix like what seven years ago or something, and I've never looked back. Um, yeah, VMix is a fantastic company. Another company like Black Magic out of Australia, and their stuff is just better than anything else. And ironically enough, or maybe even appropriately, I will do gigs that that involve you know proper broadcasting studios um some of your your three-letter broadcasting studios and i will see a laptop running vmix for some purpose or another and i will see another laptop running obs to do an encoding job and and all of the hardware that these massive studios have are very quickly getting condensed into one machine or two machine jobs um and it's pretty fascinating to me but it's also gratifying knowing that oh yeah the stuff that i'm familiar with as an amateur is now becoming the stuff that everybody is using so that that's a good little bit of an ego stroke but also fortuitous <laughs> for anybody who who has been doing that stuff 
And are, are you shopping out like artwork and overlays to other people or like com- community contributors? Oh God, or? I need to. I really need to. I'm so bad at that. Um, the only reason I got into anything concerning graphic design was I didn't have anybody to do it for me. Uh, and and I do have fun doing it. I do. Um, I don't feel like I need to delegate too much. If anything, like I would probably prefer to spend more time on the art side of it. Um, but no, I, I really do need to get better about, um, you know, finding people to, to help with some of these things and, and kind of push it in a, in a broader direction. I, I really need to get like commercials done, um, little like 30 second segments to do spots for other shows while doing one show and give me time to push buttons while, while that's going on. It's a really big wish list. Um, for years and years, I really did try to turn TSTV into like a fully staffed out thing. Um, the thing I found difficult with that, and this isn't anybody's fault, it's just the way people work, is most people are interested in one game more than any others. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to that game, you know, it's got all their attention. And when it comes to other games, there's less attention. And again, that, that's just a perfectly natural dynamic. I don't, I don't misunderstand that at all. But it has made it difficult um, kind of keeping a, a, and a lot of that responsibility is on me too, right? Because I'm not the most organized when it comes to that stuff. And I probably could be more. But uh, it makes me just really thankful to be able to get done what, what we do get done between all the different games. No, I'm really sympathetic to your struggle with that. Like That's, that's sort of how <laughs> the, the key works is that there's... You know, there's me, I'm just like the guy with the microphone, but then there's several other people, like amazing, amazing people who are we're like a volunteer force. And, you know, we got like a graphics guy or two graphics guys, and we've got people who just do yeah, like it's good. connecting, you know. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> Thank you so much. But uh, <laughs> but that's what it's like. Everybody's just trying to contribute whatever talent they kind of have. And then and I'm learning on the fly, and they are too, and it's it's just people who are passionate about it. But I, at the end of the day, I've, I've seen your face on broadcast before. And I'm like, yeah, I know that feeling where it's like, I know at the end of the day, I'm the one who really, really like cares and is going to live or die on this. Like that's, it's what it is. Like there's other people who want to contribute up to a certain extent and, and no, no qualms about that. No bitterness whatsoever. Ever. If you just only care about doom, I'm happy that you exist because when I would need yeah. something for, for doom, I'm going to call human bones. Like, if I need something for another game, if I need something for like reflex or whatever, crazy Al, how you doing? That that kind of thing is <laughs> really useful to have, but it's fun, but it's also quite challenging and, and can be sometimes kind of demoralizing to like realize that you're kind of out on your own here and you've got to make it happen. So I see both sides of the coin, but I think that you can, if anyone could do that, you can do it. The only factor that, that, causes a little bit of anxiety and i don't really know what to do about this is the feeling that if you're not doing like a doom 2 tournament or a quake world tournament or something um who who is and you know i see you doing like doom 2 stuff and i see other people doing like quake world stuff and quake 2 stuff and and i'm like oh good because there was a period for a while where um i would have to be inactive for for one reason or another and, and admittedly, I'm a little bit inactive at the moment. I'm hoping to change that soon. Um, and you just go, oh, there's there's like all these tournaments going on, and, and nobody's covering it. And it's just like, ah, somebody needs to be doing that. Um, but but fortunately, you know, as the the gates are widening when it comes to hardware and software, that is less and less of a problem. You are seeing things like Quake World tournaments get broadcast more often, and, and Doom Two tournaments get broadcast more often, and and that is always going to be important on that same note. The big thing that just like hits me in the gut and makes me like want to throw up when I'm going to sleep at night is like knowing that someone did stream it and they're never going to upload it to anything. And so it's just going to go away. So like the the sheer number of people (laughs) that could see it, if it were like, if you just put it on YouTube, like I, I know how many people watch war fort videos because all of them belong to me (laughs) and it's way more than people that watch the, the stream on Twitch. Um, yeah. and that's tr- yeah, translating to, right. yeah, it's translating to people wanting to play like a game like Warfork, which is like this weird fork of Warsaw that's like, gonna become kind of something else over time, but we'll see. But I just love it. You know, I, I love that game and a lot of people do, but we got to do 
when it's a grassroots things like that, uh, we've got to make sure that it is being broadcast and it is being put out there because the people developing it don't have a, a PR team. You know, that's just not something a luxury they're going to have. So I see that as a responsibility. I I, I definitely um, sympathize with that, especially when it comes to some of these like indie projects, which which have a very peculiar and at this point a little bit of a predictable life cycle mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there's there's a point where a lot of stuff is getting done and then there's a point where not a whole lot is getting done and everybody's kind of glancing around the room and maybe at the door and and you see that happen time and time again um <laughs> it happened with warsaw before warfork even uh, which which was a pity because warsaw was really like the first game to take an existing quake engine and just mm-hmm. modernize the bits that needed modernizing, you know, things like format support and, and map support and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Um, but I, I think things are going in, in a good direction. Um, I think there was a period just taking quake world as an example, because there was a long time where there were no quake world broadcasts. And, and back when I was getting started, like not a whole lot of broadcasts were happening for quake stuff anyway so it was all kind of new to everybody uh but when it comes to quake world i think a lot of those those people are getting to a point where they have a little bit more time and and disposable income than they had maybe in the last decade and so you're seeing more content coming out of that um just because people are kind of like settling down with life and and if they have four hours to spend on a tournament then they can do that no problem it's tough to do it at scale right yeah, and that's mm-hmm. always the uh, the big question is like, how do we? What, what's the next step after doing a forty man tournament? You know, how do we get that to to eighty? And and how quickly does that fall down if a game day happens and ten people don't show up and and stuff like that? So, I, I think there's always going to be those opposing forces, but uh, but I, I think largely positive. Unfortunately, I think it's money. I think there's yeah yeah, i think that's what it comes down to is if there's money involved suddenly people are like willing to do a lot of shit they weren't willing to do before and so when i talk to a guy like bps you say volunteer stuff yeah um and there's a lot of things that that a lot of people will volunteer for admin work no problem schlepping people around and making sure they're all in the same room no problem uh video editing no that is that's something you you want to pay for um and I think as more people figure that out and more people make those kinds of agreements with each other over time and not in, in like a, a like monolithic company way, but just as a community, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of cool things will happen out of that. Over time, for sure. And I mean, we see it with like a, like Civi, right? There's a pretty good example, not arena shooter yeah. stuff, but just like the retro boomer shooter shit, you know, and <laughs> His show in the course of like what two years now something a little, maybe a little over that he brings on Katie and then all of a sudden like the audio is better the video quality is better and it's like this yeah. fucking happening thing and you think for a moment like this kind of game doesn't get any views ever no one cares about this shit and then you see oh man he's got like one hundred and eighty six thousand fucking followers or whatever like yeah. Yeah, so it's not. I was really happy when he came around because he was doing yeah. a lot of the stuff that that I thought should have existed. Um, him and uh, Decino for sure, mm-hmm. and Decino was able to organize like these massive, you know, subscriber, uh, you know, FFA events and, and stuff like that. And I think that's really really cool. Um, but yeah, I think the the bar for production value is just going to go up, but also the accessibility to make something that looks that good is also going to, to get easier as well. So, you know, it's uh, all the fears of, Oh my God, if I don't do something every day, the entire scene is going to collapse. That fear is, is going away. The next kind of little branch I want to go on to with you is, I think you you were asked this question, probably, I think it was dump truck. And, and I I felt kind of disappointed with your answer. So shout casting to you, (laughs) like, you know, because you have this tendency to say shit like, "Oh, like it just you know, not that big a deal" or whatever. But like, you're you're particularly good at what you do. Like, I I've sat in a Discord channel and next to you in the booth and heard you talk about you know Quake World, which was a perfect example of something that where you're just spouting off 
this unbelievable muscle memory of knowledge and really making it easy for someone like me because a couple of years ago, I never even fucking heard of Quick World. And I watched you as a broadcaster talk about it and really suck me in and make me feel passionate about this game. So that's a talent, and I want to know what's the, what's in the sauce. Hmm. Now I'm like, shit, I gotta, I gotta come up with a better answer. <laughs> come up with something good, uh, man. <laughs> Pressure's on. I, I really, I really do wish I had a better answer. It is fun. That is what's at the core of it is it's really neat and, and exciting. And I guess growing up, you know, you listen to people like DJ wheat and they kind of have the same vibe to them where, where you can hear how much fun they're having with it. And I, I guess I listen to a lot of stuff like, you know, MXC and, and I guess coupon had, had the announcers in there and stuff like NBA jam, <laughs> stupid <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. Um, and th- there's kind of this, uh, this vibe to it that that's fun to recreate beyond that. I, I don't have a whole lot of, of conscious thought about it. Um, I, I guess when I, when I was getting into it, yeah, I, I would read a lot from people like red eye who yeah. had a lot of really good advice. Um, there was a physical magazine for a little bit pro gamer where, where articles like that would show up and. And I wish that kind of like really practical stuff would would show up more. Um, and then, you know, with Quake Live TV, like the the barrier for it was so low. Like, who else is going to do it if you're not doing it? So, in some respects, it didn't matter how bad I was, which I guess mm-hmm. was uh, liberating. And so I, I didn't really have much to worry about. Um. And by the time, you know, there was something to worry about, you know, years had gone by and anything I'd improved on, I I guess I could just chalk up to just doing it like every other night for several years. I guess something has to come out of that, right? You would hope. Um, I don't know. And and for a while, there was a lot of pushback against commentators. and, And on ESR, this was a constant debate of, do you want to listen to somebody who is doing a lot of play-by-play and just like keeping the the rhythm and not saying anything particularly insightful, but just you know doing the NBA Jam shit, or do you want somebody who's able to analyze it more and, and break it down more? And, and with Quake, that's always been tough, right? Because if you look at Counter Strike, you have it, the Counter Strike is kind of made for TV. It, it's kind right. of paced out for it. You have all these periods of like low amounts of action where you can analyze a little bit more. You have periods between rounds where you can do a little bit of a recap with quake. It's always happening. Um, the only time I've ever done instant replay for my broadcast is with quake champions back when, when round based duel was the thing, because in between rounds is when you could, you know, shove in a replay. Um, but traditionally if it's CTF or duel or TDM or whatever, that's 10 or 20 minutes of just uninterrupted action. So you don't really get to do anything like that. And you don't really get to process what, what's going on. So um, there have been a lot of back and forth over the years of what kinds of things people want to listen to. And I never really worried about it too much. Uh, I guess another part of it would be that for a long time I was doing stuff just by myself. So you know, there's nobody to really compare myself to. Or, or bounce off of, but you know, you get people like, like, you know, Fistics or, or Wheat or, or Grease Scotsman on there, and, and you do kind of have to pay attention to what the other guy's doing. Um, yeah, I guess I should take, you know, the, the lesson that, <laughs> that I took uh, by mentioning Red Eye's articles on really practical stuff and, and come up with some more practical things to say. <laughs> um, but, when it comes to Doom and Quake in particular, I, I think even good advice and maybe the inability to follow good advice should not keep you from getting on the mic. If you want to be on the mic, just do it. You know, everything else will come later. But right now, <clears throat> and I think perpetually, the biggest thing is just going to be if we can have another tournament like like the the Take the Crown tournament where there's three streams going on for a Doom Two tournament, that is objectively good. At some point, I don't care if if there's six streams and three of them are guys who have never shoutcasted before. Like six streams is is awesome. Um, 
So I, I guess that's, that's been some of my reluctance to be like, oh yeah, you got to do this and you got to do that. And you got to have this mic and you got to talk like this yeah. and you got to do that. Cause at some point, like the most important thing is just to be there. It was pretty interesting. And it's something that you kind of brought up in passing there is that uh, you do spend a lot of time doing it by yourself. And you mentioned the different styles of commentary and what people prefer. So for me, it's like, it's pro wrestling. It's that's exactly what I think of when I think about, <laughs> yeah. I think about, you know, like the nineties, like Jim Ross and, and Jerry, the King Lawler doing their kind of back and forth because you have one guy who's a professional, like sports analyst who doesn't really play the sport. And you have another guy who's a veteran wrestler and that's kind of the combo, the, the killer combo. But with you, it's like, you're doing it by yourself. You're doing basically both jobs and like you're, I'm assuming you don't play Quake on the level that like Loctar plays Quake. But when you talk about it, no, it sounds like you're a fucking expert. Years ago, yeah. <laughs> I made a choice a long time ago about what I was going to be better at, um, yeah. and and it was the thing that was easier for me. <laughs> no, I I completely agree, and and there's a lot of that kind of bombacity and 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 kind of artificial overhypeness that's that's kind of fun too right and, and that's yeah. not everybody's cup of tea like some people want to treat quake like like golf or like chess or something and be able to break it down and, and take it very seriously because it is very serious and i i respect that a lot i can't tell them that they're being silly but personally i get a lot of kicks out of you know the all of the MXC and and NBA Jam and and like you mentioned pro wrestling stuff where it is a lot of loud yelling and it might be nonsense but it's fun. It's entertainment. It's we're, yeah. we're trying to get somebody to watch something. That that's what it is. Suck them in. However you do it, you know whatever your path is. I, I'm not judging the next guy. <laughs> Too bad. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's like, man, I can't believe what people will do to get people to watch their shit. But you know, whatever. I, it's not for me to judge. I'm proud that anyone, especially if it's Quake or Doom or anything like this at all, I've seen you doing the Doombringer stuff and like you'll you'll go out on a limb, you know, really to broadcast some stuff that really would not be covered if it wasn't for you or you know someone like us. So it's really cool to watch oh. you do that and be, be like giving back to the community. Projects like that are happening all the time. Things like Doombringer are happening all the time. The fact that it's Christus, you know, he's got all of my respects since from when I was like 12 years old. Um, but, you know, things like Warfork, Doombringer, um, Reflex would be in that category. You know, everybody's trying something um, and everybody's putting a lot of work into something that they think is going to work. And whether or not it does is is kind of, you know, we, we've seen dozens of pro- projects kind of cross that that bridge. But the thing that stays true and this applies even to like the core games like Quake World is no matter how obscure or or underappreciated some game is uh there's going to be like a little cloister of maybe even just a couple dozen people who are really into it and that game is their thing and um if you can make them part of your audience then that's its own reward at least in my eyes um i remember years and years and years back i was coming back from a, a fighting game tournament actually in new york and i ended up on a train with um he wasn't even a marvel versus capcom 2 guy he was a a marvel versus capcom 1 guy and that put him in in a minority you know it was like oh yeah there's like a few of us who, who play it competitively and and still spend a lot of time with it it's always been my favorite game because of xyz and mm-hmm. that just like ticked all my boxes for like yeah it's the same thing with people who still play doom 2 people who still play open arena or whatever <laughs> like there's there's gonna be somebody where that's their jam so when you, you talk about the life cycles of these games and and i do wonder like for someone like you especially who's been doing it for so long like do you feel like you got that like a a good idea of what a game's potential or how long it will last or anything or yeah, have you been I surprised I hope, bad. <laughs> I hope i'm terrible at predicting yeah. that shit because i i don't know you, you do hear a lot of okay well quake champions is going to save quake or or if if we added you know clocks counting down 
to Quake Live that would save the scene. And, and <laughs> you hear things every day. You're like, I get where you're coming from, but that is not going to help in, in the grand stage of the universe. Um, and I don't want to say it, it turns you into a cynic, but at some point you 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 either become really depressed that Quake isn't the biggest thing in the world anymore, or you look at people like BPS, people like Devastation, and you become more than satisfied with their company. And whatever else is going on is whatever else is going on. But you're playing games and doing tournaments with these people, and these people make it worth it. Uh, yeah. So you stop really looking for some game to save you. <laughs> Uh, I will admit that when it comes to Diabolical, shit, I wish it was running right now, man. It's I, I get what he's doing, but it would be really nice to be able to play Diabolical during quarantine. You know, it would be great. Uh, but it, it was really cool during the betas to see a lot of people in there than, that you haven't seen before. And at some point in Quake Games, running into strangers is a novel concept. <laughs> um <laughs> And so, yeah, I think Diabolical could be pretty fun. You know, it's VQ3, but it's really polished VQ3, and maybe that's enough. And and for what it's worth, it, it doesn't really matter what some of the, the intricacies of the game itself are. There's, there's so much more context. If it was the game itself that mattered, like Wickland would still be around, Warsaw would still be kicking. Um, I mean, yeah, Warfork, but... Uh, the situation would be different than the one that we have right now. In in many respects, the quality of the game is not a factor. Um, Dirty Bomb. Um, I've always <laughs> also loved flash damage games. Dirty Bomb is there's there's like nothing to complain about with the game. It's got awesome sound. It's got great balance. It's got great maps. It's got good gun feel. Um, it is like the best splash damage game and it didn't really go anywhere and it just kind of sat around for a while and, and then splash damage um, had to pull the plug on actively developing it. And, you know, in, in this day and age, that means anybody who was playing it is going to stop playing it. Um, so no, I, I don't know if, if I'm able to accurately predict what's going to go big, something like Valorant, um probably is just because it's coming from right it's the same thing that happened with like overwatch right where like yeah. yeah a lot of people are gonna buy it because it's blizzard and it's gonna be produced to a triple a quality even if the actual like core of the game is not all that interesting um so yeah i hope diabolical goes big for natural reasons um but i guess the biggest takeaway there is be happy with what you got <laughs> I agree with you 100%. I actually I don't think it quality of game has virtually nothing to do with what is and what is not like the most popular thing. Like there are better games than Counter-Strike. There are better games than League of Legends, but you know, there's like a a, a multi-factor thing where it's so, like a group of people who are fucking super passionate about it. Obviously, you have to have that patronage and a successful business model. Um or at least someone who's willing to throw a shitload of money at it in the background, even if it isn't a successful business model, uh, league of legends kind of hit gold and riots going to continue. I think to try to recreate that and catch lightning in a bottle again, I don't know how Valorant's going to go. I don't really can't say that I care too much other than I think that <laughs> high tide raises all ships, you know? So if something happens for first person shooters, that's good. I think it's a net win for pretty much everybody. If someone plays Valorant and loves it and plays it for a few years and they're like, you know, I really like, liked that, but I'd like something a little faster. And then they discover Quake or Warfork or whatever the fuck, I don't care. Um, and that fills their niche. I see that as a win for us. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's true. I hope it's true. I, I really <laughs> hope that that's the way it works. Um, we yeah. haven't really, I guess the closest thing to compare it to would be Overwatch, right? Um, yeah. Have we had an influx? I, I I don't know if I'm measuring like the right the right aspects of it either. Um, but I I hope that that holds some water. Um, and certainly it's got a lot of like 1.6 people really excited. So <laughs> that's that's cool. Um, man, yeah, the, the, it's going to keep changing. But uh, the more time goes on, the more it's like okay. Lockturn BPS and Milton are, are doing a thing. Yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else that's kind of like on your radar? You, you talked about Diabotical. I mean, I, I don't want to make you say anything 
<laughs> it would put you in a bad situation, but like no, so no. At champions. this point, my only concern is yeah. if if I endorse something, it's probably going to fail. That's just, just <laughs> the way <laughs> my taste kind of skew. It's always felt like the things that I enjoy are not going to be the popular thing. Um, oh, yeah. Hunt Showdown. I fucking love that game. And for a hot minute, it was like, oh, this game is really going to take off. And it, and it hasn't really. That 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 opportunity might has have passed. But it's a fantastic game. And, and it feels like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting in on the ground floor of something that could really take off. But the things that I really get interested in that way never do. So um, <laughs> I don't want to curse Diabotical by giving it my full verbal support. <laughs> Because I hope yeah. it does too well. <laughs> what do you think about the way Champs has kind of tried to put in Clan Arena at this point? How's that settling with you? Champions. <laughs> oh yeah, we, I mean we could open up a whole can of worms if you want to. You don't have yeah. to though. Like, uh, it's it's fine. Um, obviously, I can't I can't top out everything, but it's public information at this point that that they are running on a shoestring amount of support from mm. from Zenimax when it comes to budget and staffing. Um, so, you know, things like new skins and, and clan arena, they are being accomplished by the people who have the time to accomplish those things. It's not the same thing as having the entire company behind you. It is definitely on, on life support um, in every respect. Um which which is a shame because i think if if it was a little bit easier to develop for the for the people who are now doing that um ever since saber left the picture that uh, there's a lot of good to be said about champions the the balance actually kind of worked out in a good spot um the pace of of map releases is unfortunate but that's a that's a symptom of of the general amount of attention it it has failed to get um the engine is not an it engine. There's a lot of weird stuff about it, but for what it's worth, the the frame rate it runs at for the visual fidelity you get out of it, it's pretty respectable. You know, there, there's a lot of good to be said there. Um, and you know, gameplay wise, I think it actually hit a pretty good spot, especially when it comes to dual. CTF was unfortunate, um, but at this point emotionally I, I think a little bit of distance is required there just because what else is it going to do you know it's it's done <laughs> it sucks I, I, i'm in like kind of the same boat where i've been kind of like half and half with it for a long time because personally i just i love sinker and i want to support him as a oh, person yeah. you know like i think he's great i know he has the best things you know intentions in mind and wants things to be better and I know he's actively working on that, but it's the task that he's been given, you know, and like what he's got to work with now is a lot it, it, to turn that around at this point to the, what people are demanding, you know, acting like there is owed to them and getting angry about. And I've had to had that conversation with a lot of people. It was like, I don't know why you're angry at him. Like he's, he wants Quake to be more than you do more than anybody does. He wants Quake to be good. And that's it. So yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's just a. I don't know. I don't want to like leave on a sour note or anything. I, I kind of want to <laughs> have something no, good to say. It's, it's unfortunate um, for all of the worst reasons. It's unfortunate on technical and kind of business standpoints. The actual game itself, while it had some some wrinkles, um, there was a lot of positives there, uh, and. When it comes to like the game mode, like really, it was it was just a revival of of like uh, of uh, what was the mod um, Generations Arena. That's yeah. what it was. It was just uh, yeah, you get to play anybody you want, and there's all the models, and and every time like you know like the Quake Two Super Shotgun coming out, it was like yeah, that actually looks really fucking good. Uh, there's a lot of really good art there, and a lot of cool theming. And for a long time, there was like lore stuff going on, but you lose staff, you lose support, you lose the the third party company that was developing it. What are you going to do? Well, for your sake, 
are you are you going to be like kind of shifting costs toward diabolical probably as you become more active again? Or? I haven't made up my mind entirely on the way it's going to go. It's always been kind of natural too, right? Because yeah. even like Quake Champions King of the Hill was Boove going like, "Hey man, let's do it." And I was like, "Okay." Um, so kind of whatever happens is whatever happens. The things that I, I do want to intentionally do are, are more things like Mapper's Mark. Um, and making sure I, I've, I've carved out weekends for Quake World stuff, and and especially Quake Two stuff. You know, I, I said that I don't want the TS500 to be a, a once every three year thing, so probably get another one of those going. Right now, it's like I'm sure a lot of people in quarantine are gauging whether quarantine means they're more productive or less productive. I'm definitely on the less productive side of it right now, admittedly, just working on a lot of like home projects, but uh, no, things are percolating. And it'd be interesting actually because you, you talk about Quake Two and like supporting that community. Like it's it's one that feels like it's completely, you know, fallen off to the e- echoes at this point. Like the last Quake yeah, Two tournament yeah, I remember it was QuakeCon. So right, it is a tough one. Um, for for a lot of reasons, I it, yeah, uh, it's actually probably my favorite like dual game for sure. Yeah, um, certainly my my favorite TDM game. Uh, and there's always been like a split between mappers and and modders, and the timing of the game was weird. Um, and a lot of the the Quake Two people turned into like Action Quake Two people, and a lot of them were RA Two people, and and there was this weird bifurcation, ironically enough, from the mod scene that does make it tough to organize things. So. I think with a little bit of elbow grease and a little bit of attention, it could be happening. Um, the last tournament that I ran online <coughs> almost fell to pieces because somebody was aliasing and nobody wanted to play with an alias. So, sorry, you can hear my cat in the background. Not in school. Can't wait. It started raining. It's actually just Jahara's cat featuring Jahara on the episode today. Like, yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, the, the positive thing is... Um, if you want to do quick content, it's always there. It's always at your fingertips. It's never going to go away. So that is a fear that is completely artificial. That'd be cool. And I think that if you, if you build it, they will come. If you, if you start saying like, we're going to do these tournaments, I, the people will show up for sure. And there's, I almost have no doubt about that really, but you know, it's, it's interesting. We're kind of like running into that right now. We're by the time this comes out, we will have done a clan arena tournament. And that was like the big Ooh. thing was for for Warfork and that there's all you know there's this split as you you described the splits between forks and mods and versions and everything and that they exist and one of them is like so these CA people and that's not me I'm not going to claim like I'm any kind of expert on <laughs> Warfork or Warsaw clan arena at all I, in no way do I claim to be an expert but it's like well we put out the map pool and we're, you know, we're trying to like bring in some maps that maybe weren't featured in Warsaw like that prominently, or like we're yeah. perhaps an Instagram map that we think would work really well for this. And you know, in the backlash is all there's always two sides. There's people that are just glad to have a tournament and glad to try something new and glad to have young people trying a game that's considerably kind of old. And then there's a group of people that just want it to be like the good old days again. And I'm like, it's <laughs> never going to be like the good old days again, ever forget about that the the game industry's moved on without us like if you want to you know if, if you want to make money in this you, you can do something else that's not what this is about necessarily but it's about uh trying to keep a community going and just having fun and i feel like the yeah. fun gets sucked out of it when people start acting like that like are you playing clan arena seriously come on it's like the most not serious <laughs> game mode ever in the existence of competitive game modes I mean, that that does kind of go back to, you know, no matter what the, the game or mode is, there are people who take it seriously. And, and that always yeah. impresses me more than anything else. And uh, uh, one of the things that was going to be happening um, last month, actually, uh, was going to be this LAN party we were going to be having here at the house uh, centered around Command & Conquer Renegade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to reach out to more renegade people and make sure that we were running it right and getting on some good maps and making it a good viewing experience for them. So it's, you know, it's a proper renegade tournament and not some facile of it. Um, 
<laughs> I was all geared up for that too. I'm kind of pissed off about stupid virus, stupid world ending. Because uh, yeah, we were we had everything in place for that. Like we were good to go. Um, and so that was going to be like every other month too for the entire year. So I guess that's going to be a twenty one uh, a twenty twenty one project instead of a twenty twenty project. <sighs> <laughs> this is a good it's a good reset button i'm trying to think about it like that where it's yeah it, for okay so for that sort of thing unfortunately for you it, we're not going to be having a lot of land parties uh what's going to happen is remote game development companies are fucking killing it right now they, they're yeah, just yeah. they have nothing to do but just make awesome shit uh content creators that don't rely on tournaments like yourself and myself or whatever uh, luckily I have the podcast and you have like mappers mark and stuff like that. Like as kind of a, you can do that or, or whatever, but, or you can plan these things out, for, but it's hard to say like you can't put a date on it yet. It's, it's just a weird time and it's unprecedented and everything, but I feel like there are a lot of positives that we're there not are. really. And, yeah. and that's one of the, the two sided things of it is like you said, a lot of content producers are are making stuff and, and I could be one of those people, but at the same time, I'm also seeing this as a time to like catch up on a lot of things I I wish I had been playing. <laughs> and like, there's new Quake maps coming out all the time. There was a, a jam that was just released. Um, Colin has been putting out a lot of uh, Quake Two content, um, mm-hmm. a lot of single player stuff there, um, and working on some of his own Unity stuff as well. Uh, there's a lot of like thief levels to play. It was just like the 20th anniversary or whatever of, of thief two. So they just put out a big old map pack. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff to play. So on one hand, I want to be a content creator, but on the other hand, I just want to like shut the consume and, and consume. content. <laughs> yeah. Input input. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I think Civi's got the best job in the world, him and Icarus and Decina, like they just, they, their, their content creation just relies on other people's content to, like, and then they get to make these awesome fucking videos and do just talk about it, which is great. Yeah. You know, like, that's, that's fucking cool. And and I'm glad they do it because it tells me what's good and what's not, or like, at least lets me make an informed decision before I go spending my hard earned money or whatever. But well, fortunately when it comes to these scenes, money's not too much of an object. You know, I've got a billion hours of quake and doom and thief levels to play and I'm never going to run uh, out. Yeah, for sure. That's that's what I'll tell people all the time. Like, if you want the most bang for your buck, money wise, I'm like, if you get Quake or or just Doom Two, just the IY for Doom Two, you will never ever ever run out of games to play ever. Like, nope. and a wide variety of shit to do. Like now, never has there been a better time for like single player or cooperative Doom Two play. Like, forget about the competitive shit. Yeah, I should really do more co-op stuff. Co-op Doom Two is is something that that nothing else really does well. Um, there aren't a whole lot of like co-op first-person shooters, ironically enough. There's a few, just not a lot, and and none Deep of Rock? them quite behave like Doom. The what? Deep Rock Galactic. Have you played that? I I have not. It's really fun. I, I'm not gonna say plays like Doom, but it gives me kind of that same. It it, it scratches the same itch that playing survival kind of does too because it's you know four folks you're playing as like space dwarves you you're you're shooting like giant uh like alien monsters that are it's basically like if snow white and the seven dwarves were mining a planet and they had uh with space starship troopers the game that's how i would describe it it's it's pretty fun so you've like objective like go in and get all this fucking mineral or whatever and then fight through waves of enemies just like you do in doom until you get out and then you have like an escape time. Like, yeah, well, all four of us better be out of here in five minutes or we're all going to die. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's like a really well-supported game. There's lots yeah, of like, like screenshots. Uh, yeah. shit, I was going to go this morning without having another game to play. Fuck. <laughs> I just, it, I'm being honest. Like, it, it, like well, the first yeah. time I played it, because it was one of those games that I had on my radar for a long time. But I'm like, I don't know if it's really for me. And finally someone gifted it to me. And now I'm like buying copies for other people because it's like, shit there's not a lot of awesome games out there that scratch the same itch that doom does for me and i dig it yeah that, that deserves a dollar in my opinion but that does shit well, yeah i might be doing that this afternoon <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah quarantine is is something that we've all been 
at least mentally preparing for our entire lives. <laughs> We're ready for this. Well, the gamers are doing great, man. Like yeah, I'm fine. My wife is like, ah, oh, I've been inside the house for four days and I'm so bored. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> this is the best. It's you could go to cyberspace right now and see the every. I won't yeah. say we're not going crazy, but we're not bored. I was crazy before this, and I'm a bit just as crazy now as before. You know, like Ted Kaczynski spent like you know weeks in his cabin, and look what he accomplished. <laughs> He's world famous. He's way yeah, more famous than you'll ever be. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. I really lesson for the day. <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, spending time with you. Just like as someone that I admire, like you've been amazing and I appreciate it more than anything. Is there anything that you want to plug or shout out before we get out of here? Oh, I mean, that admiration goes both ways. Um, it's, I don't want to say it's rare to, to run into people who kind of get it because in, in this community, you, you run into those people all the time because they just kind of like rise up and um, yourself included. So uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, it's really great, and I, I definitely want to collaborate more on on like future tournaments. Having multiple streams for a single tournament is such a beautiful thing. Um, so let's do more of that. If you got something you want done, hit me up, dude. I'm there. I'm like, right, if you give me that phone call or whatever it is, I got you. But as I, as I told Rose, like the two of you as a power couple are my heroes, literally. Like. People like, who do you look up to? Jahar, first guy. And I'm not joking about that. Like, I, I fucking love you, man. So thank you for just being a, a kind and generous uh, person to look up to and generous with your information and time. And next time I message you about Zandronum shit, message me back. I'm kidding, but uh, it's fun. <laughs> I'm not, that, that's, that's, that's the couple part of the power couple. Like, she will get me to respond to things because I, I'm notoriously bad at it. Nah, it's fun. I figured it out anyway. I didn't even need you. But this uh, this has been a great episode, and it's almost as good as the one with Rose. So mission accomplished. And I'll see you around. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, thank you to Jahar for uh, doing the show. It was amazing. I'm really happy we had him on. Finally, thank you to Rotten Rose for everything that she does. Go back and uh, check out her episode on In the Keep from a while back. I think it was October last year. I'll put it in the notes. Thank you to Sinker and the whole crew working on Quake Champions and for everybody behind QuakeCon every year. It's an amazing event. All these stuff, QH Land, BPS, Loctar, uh, Milton. You guys know what's up. I love y'all. Thank you again to all of the supporters of The Keep, whether that be just the people who love the show and keep you know, tuning in every week. Thank you for doing that. Please keep doing so. And especially thank you to the people who are donating with our Amazon affiliate link or Patreon or through our PayPal or whatever the fucking case is. We appreciate all of you, and I hope y'all are rocking those In The Keep t-shirts proudly. Also, if you uh, want an In The Keep t-shirt, but you didn't get into this first round uh, Patreon order, we still have a few available, or you can just order one on Redbubble, either way. But yeah, if you give over $25 on our Patreon, we will mail you a t-shirt, and it's going to be a really nice, high-quality t-shirt. So keep that in mind. Also, I have a couple of announcements. I promised you I would give you more news on the Big Doom event, so here it is from Devastation. The massive multiplayer online Doom experience, number one, May 23rd, 3 p.m. Eastern to 7 p.m. Eastern. There will be multiple 10-player servers across the world, a 50-map compilation. The goal is to have 100-plus players at any given time during that period. And word around the campfire is that if this is a success, the next one they'll go for like 50 player FFAs all in one tournament and so on and so forth. But if you want more information on that, go over to doomfederation.com. That's doomfederation.com. And while we're talking Doom events, I also want to go ahead and shout out the Deaf Awareness Doom 2 tournament hosted uh, by the folks over at silentgamers.org. They're going to be hosting the tourney with the No Sound mod. 
which is a wad created by the guys over at Z Damon, which will essentially make all the players play as if they were uh, deaf or hard of hearing to raise awareness. So that's May the 8th of 2020. So if you're listening to this as it drops, that's this Friday. Also, I think they're going to be doing some Quake Live stuff as well, but get all your information once again over at www.silentgamers.org. Tell them Motherload sent you. That's it for me today. You guys are all fucking awesome for sticking in there. Thanks for hanging around to the end to hear these plugs. Hang in there out there. I know it's getting uh, weirder and weirder every day, but I promise it's going to get better. I'm here for you. The Keep is here for you. Till next time, y'all. Stay in the Keep.